It's Monday. It's morning. It's the first, first spooky macabre spook- of October, baby. Spooktober's here, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre October Fiesta, where we do a normal episode, but it's whether, in October. <laughs> yeah, whether it's Shocktober, Spooktober, Oktoberfest, Squattober, whatever uh, your whatever religion Tober. Tober, to- Tober, Tober, <laughs> there's something there. Close, <laughs> Tober Maguire, to- Tober, Tober, Tober Maguire. It's Spider-Man Three, you get them both. Spider-Man, to- Spider-Tober. Welcome to October edition of Monday Morning Macabre, the show where we talk about the spooky, creepy stuff with <gasps> Scones and Darcy. That's I'm us, Darcy. That is Scones. You've done this a million times, listener. Unless you haven't. Unless you haven't, and then this is the first time. <laughs> wow, lucky How you. How many people can you get to listen? That's the challenge out. we're putting out. That's, we're putting out a great challenge, guys, where if you can spread the word, we'll provide you with one first, first class, one-way ticket to... Where are we sending them? Um... <clears throat> Scones, that was. Uh, I thought you would have a a destination. <clears throat> we'll come back at you. To Mike's <laughs> Auto Body in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Hey, shout out to Mike. Been doing great work. Shout Good out guy, to Mike. local guy. Always do it once, do it right. Welcome to Mike's. That's what they say. <laughs> uh, so welcome everybody to another edition of Monday Morning Macabre. Scones, Darcy. This week is exciting because it's October. The leaves are changing. The the spooky shows are on like cable television. <laughs> ABC Family. Oh ABC wait, no, Family's, that's freeform now. Yeah, Paramount Plus or not Paramount Plus, but Paramount what? Network is playing like old Halloween movies. And if you are a new listener to the pod, um, we have our two year anniversary coming up. Two year anniversary. The end of our second season, kind of. S- yeah, season two <laughs> ending. Uh, big finale you, this year. Yeah, I think the we cliffhanger were, is going to be wild. We were conceived in 2019 uh, during yes. a uh, demonic uh, summoning gone wrong on Halloween mm-hmm. night. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead, it just spawned to this podcast. Yep. It was, uh, it went really bad. <laughs> it was not <laughs> supposed to be something so tame and uh, uh, not scary. Well, yep. n- not. You know what I mean? That's us. Disappointing you since 2019, baby. Hey, baby. That's the dream. Um, Quick. We're going to be doing a best ofs video, too. So everybody start thinking about which episodes season two you liked. You said best of video. Do you mean best ofs? No, I don't mean that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) A best (laughs) ofs episode. Best of episode is way different than a best ofs video. Uh, Yeah, best of episode. So start start thinking about your favorite episodes from season deuce. Season deuce. And we will uh, we'll compile those baddies. We're always compiling baddies here. Always. And this week's no different. Um, quick uh, quick plug for Darce. If you guys <gasps> like... The, Dar- the old Darce plug. Let's listen in, listeners. Darce plug, everyone. Gather around. Uh, if you guys like uh, the spooky uh, kind of a podcast, a fiction podcast, uh, oh, check out Delivery. some would say scripted check out the podcast called delivery uh i do a, a i'm in it very once in a while 
But if you want to hear my voice and then have some weird, creepy stories to go with it, check out Delivery. Uh, would it's it reminds me a bit of a of the Magnus Archives if you've ever listened to that. It's got kind of that vibe. So uh, go check it out. It's a fun fun listen, and I like promoting things that uh that I helped out with that I also think are like not that that have quality. So. And then head over to SoundCloud to see my cover of the hit Bubba Sparks song "Deliverance." Yes, that is more important. We got a, uh, we got a lot going scones. on. <laughs> we got a lot of delivery. And then call us because we will deliver in thirty minutes or less. Or it's free. Or it's free. What is it? A bag of spiders. <laughs> October, baby. So Scones right going to be providing. <laughs> Scones is going to be bringing us the story this week. I um, am, and I have first a, week of October. I have a listener suggestion. A suggestion, which, you say? Yeah, I say it specifically like that because oh, it's French. This, this it's listener French. specifically spelled it like that because they uh, know we say that <laughs> we say that sometimes. A suggestion. Listener, sometimes, every single time. Pretty much. Uh, I think it's a hundred percent. Grace, aka G underscore Tuck eighty four on hey, Instagram. G-tuck. Uh, had a shout out the little, uh, little listener suggestion. So we're gonna suggestion. You know what? We're gonna talk about it. Talk we're about gonna it. talk about today. Alexander Pichushkin, the chessboard killer. Ooh, that sounds like the name of a serial killer on a BBC crime drama that comes to Netflix that I don't watch. Looking at you, uh, Whitechapel is that one? Anya, whatever her name is. Uh, what's the? Oh, no, we're not talking about, about the Queen's Gambit. Okay. No, we're not talking about the <laughs> Queen's Gambit. Go watch the goddamn Queen's Gambit scones. Nah. Uh, I'm talking about uh Down the one with the uh, the doctor from Doctor Who. Oh. And uh oh god. He's the someone's the purple man on Jessica Jones. Yeah. Someone's guy? screaming at the at their their radio or whatever. <laughs> the they're like, it's called. Uh, I can't. I want to say it's not Longmire. That's a different one. They're all the same. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Longmire, the one, the Western? <laughs> yeah, it's the Western, I know. It's all the same. Uh, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to remember, and you're just going to have to be disappointed, listeners. Yeah, it's on the BBC, so it's probably some kind of remake or spinoff no, of it's, Sherlock it's Holmes. Like a ta- it's <laughs> the name of a town, and there's a big cliff in the background. I don't remember. Oh, called. Cliftonshire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clif- uh, Stratford-upon-Cliftonshire. All right. It's my favorite BBC drama. So, uh, source material here is actually a new one. I don't think we've ever used this. GQ, Gentleman's Quarterly. <laughs> GQ has put has chessboard killer has Pashushkin content for sure. Uh, this oh, article, they're big shushkies. This article is by Peter Shushkins. Savodnik. Uh, okay, love it. Live life, love it. Russia had never seen. Oh wait, first of all, band play that spooky music. <laughs> You sounded like a pigeon or Cardi B right there. Russia. More f- okay, yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Russia had never seen anything quite like the prolific serial killer Alexander Pushushkin, for whom life without killing is like life without food. That was a quote. That's a. Uh, that's super dope. How many lives? That, did I mean, yikers. <laughs> How many lives? Oh, <laughs> what a two different ways to put that. 
Yeah, 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 no, but they both, I mean, I think the message got across the other way, right? For sure, right? I got right? exactly <laughs> what your mean and stance is. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many lives did he take? More than Jeffrey Dahmer, Jack the Ripper, and the Son of Sam combined. Jesus. The terrifying thing is no one, not even Pachushkin himself, really knows for sure. Okay. Yeah, this pretty is... Yeah. Yikers, Pachushkis. Hey, this one's for Grace. This one's for you, Grace. I hope you enjoy it. Have a good October. Grace has been dead for 30 years. That's a... That's a reference some not everyone might get. Ah, uh, it's a little vacation time. Well, no, we're getting ahead of ourselves there. Anyway. The maniac lumbers through a silent forest. He's a sallow-faced man with a stout physique and a deep, low voice. He's with a friend, a woman, and they're in... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they're enveloped by birch trees rising 50, 60 feet into a pale gray sky. They're talking about something important. <laughs> GQ's quarterly edition. Yeah, no, it says, what is love? Is love for real? Or is it like, baby, don't hurt me? Or is it a What is this? What is this article? (laughs) I don't know, but Peter Savonek had some fun with it. Yeah, again, really. Okay, keep going. He is practiced. When he talks, he has almost uh, paternal concentration. He wants to be understood, and he likes to say he never lies. In a court, he will declare, I always say exactly what I think. She had no idea he would be so serious. The maniac, after all, is a clerk at the grocery store Ooh. where they both work. He approached her maybe a half hour ago, started chatting, making jokes. Ew, who makes jokes? Big red flag. Big flag. Jokes are for murderers. He offered her a cigarette. She cupped it while he lit the match, then laughed as something he said. This is really setting a scene. I like it. He suggested a walk in the park. She didn't know him all that well, but well enough. And she wanted another cigarette. She accepted. Yikes. Don't smoke, kids. Uh, <laughs> Just the end of the article. <laughs> that's it, everybody. And that's how you, I met your mother. <laughs> now they're walking over branches, wrappers, cigarette butts, past bottles, a stuffed animal. He's talking about intimacy of all things. The closer a person is to you, the better you know them. And the more pleasurable it is to kill them. Uh. They can hear trails and moving laughter somewhere far away. Other people... Uh, but here in this particular swath of woods, wait, 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 wait. wait. There's other people. I don't know. You it just said just... other people that like fast forwarded. Oh no, 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 sorry. The trails of where other people laughing far away. This is written okay. strangely. They can no longer mm. see the road. He says something. Later, he will try to remember exactly what it was he said, and then he smirks. He sees something flash across her face, like many desperate pieces of information coalescing into an anticipation of what. Oh my goodness. She knows, of course, about the disappearances. Everybody does. <gasps> By this point, spring 2006, something like 50 people have vanished Jesus. into the woods. Their Why bod- would you be anywhere near the fucking woods then? I don't know. It's a real horror. Like, oh, no, we have to go to that spooky house. All right, let's go tonight. Yeah. Midnight. <laughs> All right, what? 50 people have been, yeah, have, were last seen in Spooksville house proper? My friend went missing and the cops won't do anything about it. We got to go check yeah. it out tonight at midnight. <laughs> Tonight at midnight. And if you don't go, you're a chicken. <laughs> don't bring, only bring one flashlight and make sure the batteries yeah, yeah. are half at best. <laughs> half full. Everyone's phones. Turn them <laughs> off. Throw them in the river. There are bodies, cops, sketches of suspects. She knows about the park, the maniac, the faceless animal that no one has seen or is even sure is one man or two or many. He's part of the daily chatter coursing through the apartment blocks that ring the park. They talk about him every night on TV. 
There are pieces of bark pressed against her cheek, a scratch on her neck. She begins talking to herself. In court, he won't be able to recall what she was saying or trying to say, but he'll remember the penultimate moment of absolute clarity. As the woman, Larissa Kulagina, maybe, clings to the tree, he can't help it, but he smirks again. And when she says, are you going to kill me? He has no choice but to reply, yes. Jesus. I don't like this like, fan fiction. Although I believe it I happens. Assume, I assume this is probably like things... I was going to say, I think this is probably something that was said like in court. Yes. So I'm assuming yes. that's where the details are coming from. But like, it's very upsetting to me. In the months following his July 2006 arrest, Alexander uh, Yuryevich Pichushkin, now 35, achieved his only goal. Around the world, he was hailed as a monster. All the big news organizations aired or published long stories about the deadliest man in Russia. Criminologists, psychologists, and serial killer aficionados weighed in online with theories and speculation. Pachushkin had transcended Pachushkin. He was now the maniac. Fascination around the maniac reflected the enormity of his crimes, which deeply, uh, which seemed deeply Russian. Ted Bundy committed what? about 30 homicides. Jeffrey Dahmer, 17. Ken uh, Bianchi, Bianchi? Bianchi? Ken Jennings. <laughs> Still going. No, uh, uh, the Hillside Strangler, 12. Jack the Ripper is believed to have been guilty of at least five murders. David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, six. The maniac killed at least 48, putting him in rare company. Jesus. Only a few recent serial killers have been as prolific, including Andre Chikatilo, also Russian, convicted of 52 murders in 1994, and Yang Xinhai, who took 67 lives in central China Jesus. from 1999 to 2003. Ooh, future episodes. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the listener suggestion, GQ. Yeah. The press dubbed Pachushkin uh, the Bitsevsky Park Maniac and then the chessboard killer because the police allege, allegedly found a chessboard in his apartment on which he had reco- uh, recorded all of his murders, one per square. What? Pitsevsky Park is a long, rolling forest filled with trees, streams, and clearings. In the winter, it's popular with cross-country skiers. The ground extended from uh, Balaklovsky Prospect, a boulevard on the north end, to the MKAD, a multi-lane beltway that encircles Moscow four miles south. So this is pretty close Mm. to the big city. Big city. This isn't like one of our stories where it's like in the middle of nowhere, Siberia. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> in a small town where nobody has police. <laughs> the park is enormous, <laughs> encompassing more than 2,700 acres. That's a big park. That's, uh, big. That's a big the, park. The author puts for reference New York Central Park covers 843. Wow. They just picked one park to compare. Well, that's the park, baby. Oh, true, true. I forgot no other park matters. Yosemite no can go to No park matters hell. except for New York. Surrounding it are tens of thousands <laughs> of people living in sprawling, rusting apartment blocks, speckled with satellite dishes. Many people call this part of, uh, this part of Moscow grim, concrete, a half hour by metro, center of the city. The, so Moscow. the Jopa Mira, or asshole of the world. <laughs> Russian, I like Russians that. get pretty colorful with their uh, thanks, Russia. With their neighborhood <laughs> names, yeah. We're like, oh yeah, yeah we well. call us Dorchester. They call theirs yeah, the yeah, asshole yeah. of the world. Mike's the asshole of the shout world. out Mike's mechanics or whatever we said his the business was. <laughs> uh, Mike's auto yes. repair. I don't know. Natasha Pachushkin, 
the maniac's mother, moved into a two-bedroom apartment on the fifth floor of two... Oh, this is getting Russian. Kursonskia. Two Kursonskia. It just ends at that. A six-minute walk from the north end of <laughs> Pitsevsky Park when she was 11 yeah. years old. That was in 1963. Dude, the five-story. Pitsevsky Park is my favorite backyard baseball stadium. It's it's a good one. I remember hitting some bombs. Hitting some dingers. Some dingers with Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. Pablo. Woo. The five-story building or... Oof, Khrushchevsky, named after the premier Nikita Khrushchev. <laughs> uh, I think from now on, Scott's only allowed to talk about like Boston murder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, his name was Fitzy, and his brother Murph. Yeah, I mean, his buddy Murph, and they were at yeah. uh, Ryan's pub, and that's all you have to say, dude. Okay, on the uh, I don't know if you watched the the Patriots game with like okay, so Tom Brady came back to. You know, Foxborough to the Patriots. I did. And it was like a big deal because it was his first game against the Patriots after leaving. Probably his only but game. On on <laughs> on like ABC or whatever channel it was, they were like interviewing. I saw people. this. It was like, very funny. The Schwartz like, Yes. <laughs> it's like yeah. It was like a quote, and it's like this quote of this guy being like, you know, I'm gonna root for Brady, but I want my team to like beat the yeah. crap out of him. And then it was like like the quote was Schwartzy, yeah. like Somerville. I was like, "Yep, there it is." Yeah, we'll cheer for him when he comes out. But after that, I fucking hope they yeah. sack him, kids. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like, of course, it's just Schwartzy. Yeah. Anyway, off topic. Back to back to Russian. So talking about uh, the Soviet Union's first large-scale public housing projects near the park, they were dank, charmless, and overflowing with tenants. But they were the first single-family homes most of these people had ever lived in, so they were an improvement. Natasha grew up on uh, Kersonskia Street, and so did her son. Until the night he was arrested, he lived most of his life at Kersonskia, where he slept on a couch in the first bedroom, which doubled as the living room. Natasha slept alone on a queen-size bed, 10 feet from her son. Uh, In the master Mm -hmm. bedroom, where Pachushkin's younger half-sister, Katya, now 27, her husband, also named Alexander, and their son, six-year-old Sergei or... Six-year-old Alexander. So basically, he grew up in a low-income housing with a large family in a two-bedroom apartment or something. A classic serial killer... uh, It's either that or this guy's going to be a CEO that gets a book about him. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Rich dad, poor dad. Ten of the maniac's victims lived in the same four-building complex. Four from two Kersonskia, two from four Kersonskia. They're going to make me say it as many times as possible. <laughs> Three from six and one from eight. The Krushkovki uh, are separated by single-lane roads and narrow strips of park. It takes two minutes to walk from two to eight, and everyone knows everyone else here. The babushka is gossiping on their apartment stoops. That's my dream. <laughs> to be a babushka? Scones, I want to be a babushka gossiping when I'm Hey, older. someday we could do it, so maybe. If this podcast really takes Welcome off. to <laughs> Babushka Hour with Scones and Darcy. I would Can you believe? actually <laughs> love if Sling and Dingers picked up a podcast I would love to interview real babushkas. babushkas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That would be incredible. That would be great. The I'd be like, sheesh, no cap. <laughs> and they'd be like, what? <laughs> they'd be like, no. Be like, no. In the beginning. <laughs> 2001, 2002, uh, people just started disappearing. Pensioners, bums, hardly anyone noticed. 
or in some cases, family members waited the requisite three days and then filed a missing persons report with police. Three days seems so long. But I guess also, like, yeah. you can't be just checking every person that, like, is yeah, gone. if you're a helicopter parent, you're like, my kid's not been home for 34 minutes. Especially in two, Mr. Police. 2001, where, like, most people probably yeah. did not have cell phones. 2001. Yeah, that's true. Uh that adds but the it. police, who are known for drinking and taking bribes, rarely did anything. Heck yeah. <laughs> Don't trust the cops. Love Only it. your fists can help you. <laughs> no one made any connections. And then, as the disappearances mounted, the families found one another. There was fear, which led to speculation. Nobody knew anything. Therefore, everybody did. The babushkas wandered aloud about the vanishings. <laughs> Leosha's, Nikolai's, Victor's, Leosha, good... Good yeah, G D Y E. What the what? Oh, it just means where's Leosha? I'm not gonna read that next Russian part. Yeah, he found yeah, a job yeah, yeah. in Kimki. No. Uh, <laughs> bullshit. He's a drunk. Maybe he died. This person's really just talking for babushkas, dude. This is podcast content. <laughs> Metastasized. Could it be a psychiatric patient who escaped from the institution into the park? Could it be the Chechens, the mafia? By mid or uh, by earlier mid two thousand three, the families had begun to weather. <laughs> had begun to wonder whether it was someone <laughs> they knew. There were too many connections between the missing. By then, the count was approaching thirty people. That's bonkers. No one had imagine your apartment building. How, how just is that 30 not people yeah. are just gone? I'd be like, yo, let's let's move, <laughs> let's move. And like all that's let's happening move. is like babushkas are talking about it. Like the police aren't getting involved. You just have like Babushka <laughs> PIs on the case, dude. Babushka PI, that's a that's a show. No one CBS <laughs> on CBS. Call me up. Be like Law and Order SVU, but Babushka PI. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Still in it? The guy from Law and Order SVU and One Hot American Summer. Yes, Christopher uh, Maloney is he, also playing a Babushka. Maloney. <laughs> yeah, he's tweeted me before. Hey, I'm gonna say that every time. I think about no one had come back. No one expected much to be done about it. That's because the people on Kherson, Skaya, Skaya, like so many Russian peasants in their crumbling urban hives, understand that in their country only certain people matter and that they are not among them. That is mm-hmm. sad. <laughs> yep. There was total shock when we heard it was Sasha Pachushkin, says Natasha Fyodosova, a pale blonde woman of 27 whose father, Boris Fyodosova, of was the you 30, just go first i might have to was the 36th victim he was always very calm always by himself fiatasova who had known Pachushkin's half-sister katya since they were little attended all 46 days of the maniac's trial now she is sitting in her apartment at eight kursanskia skaya which is identical to natasha Pachushkin's at two, smoking Vogue cigarettes and talking about him. I thought it was strange that he only wanted to kill people he knew, she says, sipping at instant coffee. If he had killed people he didn't know in another neighborhood, it would have been as bad, but he killed people he knew. Indeed, the maniac befriended people so he could kill them. Among his favorite books was Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, boy. Big creepy. This sounds, yeah, this is big creepy. Also, Sounds like one of the, the like, hashtag entrepreneur. Yeah, right? like, are you tired of, like, working for someone else? <laughs> right, exactly. Be your own boss. Make, yeah, make your own schedule. Bring you into the woods. 
I'm working here. And then he like shows he's in like Fiji or something. It's like, oh yeah, it's definitely not because your dad's <laughs> yeah, like right. a billionaire. Anyway, that is weird though. Cause usually don't serial killers almost always kill people they don't know. Mm, I no. thought that was a common trend, think... like trait. I mean, I think it's probably easier, but I would argue that this dude is, is not trying to do it like as a, uh, from the point of view of like, what's the best way to do this? I think it's more of like what he's also not being like punished or like remotely. He's just getting away with it. It's no, like right? Yeah, there's no. Yeah, exactly. Here, it sounds like right. Yeah, there's no challenge at all. So it does not victim matter. number thirty-two, a middle-aged man who disappeared in late spring two thousand three, was a typical target. Pachushkin would wait for hours until all his victims were alone. The maniac had thirty-two uh, for at least an hour before he made his move. The man had been smoking and drinking on a bench, legs crossed next to a bus stop around the corner from Pachushkin's apartment. It was warm outside, and there were too many people around. Finally, everyone but 32 disappeared, heading into their apartments or ducking into the grocery store. Pachushkin, filled with an enormous excitement, made his approach. A few minutes later, the men were strolling down the two-lane road towards Bitsevsky Park. It was early evening. The trees loomed over the power lines on Balaklavsky Prospect, and a red uh, sky stretched across the forest. Number 32 was in a sour mood. As they neared the park, Pachushkin tried to cheer him up. The maniac was worried that his foul-smelling, inebriated little man would change his mind and turn around, (laughs) depriving Pachushkin of what he believed was his. A balloon of rage began to expand inside him. As they were about to enter the woods, the maniac asked the man what he would wish for if he were granted one wish. To stop drinking, the man said. I promise you, Pachushkin replied, today will be the day you stop drinking. Big scary Big scary. Yep. He always took his victims to one of two wells that connected to the city's vast sewer system. As they trudged along the park, 32 didn't ask any questions about where they were going or why. He just walked or more likely stumbled. Uh, Sometimes when the maniac and his prey reached the well, he would propose a toast to his dead dog. In this case, he said uh, he did not say what he and 32 discussed before he attacked. uh, But he did describe how he did it. He removed his weapon, sometimes a hammer, sometimes a wrench with a tool used for removing nails. In this case, he did not specify. He removed the weapon from his jacket and struck 32 on the head hard, but not hard enough to kill him. This was his routine. He wanted his victims to know what was happening. Sometimes he would force shards of broken vodka bottle into the victim's skull before pushing him down the well. If the victim wasn't dead before he plunged 30 feet to the bottom, the impact would finish the job. Yikes. The maniac preferred men. Only two or possibly three of his victims were women. Unlike Andre uh, Chikatilo, a sexually dysfunctional sexual predator, or Ted Bundy, who preferred college girls, Petrushkin didn't want sex. He sought something pure, an untainted death. This was not to say that killing was not sexual for him. The way the maniac talked about killing, he would tell the court yeah. that one's first murder is like a first love. Yada, yada, yada. It's gross. Uh, you Yikes. can Creepy, you can gross. Piece, the, piece together what happens next. The serial killer, the process of preparing to kill and killing is a erotic experience, says Alexander Bukanovsky, a psychiatrist and serial killer expert who helped <laughs> authorities find Chikatilo in the early 90s. But the sex act itself is not erotic, uh, Bukanovsky said. I'm not going to keep getting into that because it gets yeah, you don't have to do that. real gnar. November 2005, a 63-year-old ex-cop named Nikolai Sakarchenko turned up dead oh, in the woods. Oh, boy. Sakarchenko... <laughs> 
was the first person who hadn't gone missing but was discovered, tagged, and determined beyond any doubt to have been murdered. But this is not the most important fact about him. The most important fact about Nikolai is that he was the 41st victim. That means that at least 40 people vanished before the police and then the detectives at the Interior Ministry and the Prosecutor General's office realized that there was a serial killer in Moscow. That took a while. So, yeah, serial killers in Moscow have it easy, it seems like. Sounds like. I mean, probably is true for any uh, poor community that the government seems to give up on. Sure. Before Perestroika, the system was better, says Alexander Bukhanovsky, the serial killer expert we were talking about earlier. There was a process. It was more methodical. Now the police don't know very much. The simple fact is that the maniac's desire to kill vastly exceeded the system's capacity to stop him or even recognize that he existed. Had he uh, stuck to his own routine, tossing his victims into sewage wells, the maniac may never have been caught. It was only after the body started turning up in the forest that the Interior Ministry took over the case and that people like Andre Supranenko, people who <laughs> actually know how to find serial killers, started looking for him. Zakharachenko's death marked a turning point for the killer, too. All along, or at least since he began killing in, the, uh, in 2001, Pachushkin had been torn by an irreconcilable conflict. He wanted to kill, but he also wanted everyone to know he was the killer. What an he asshole. wanted recognition and respect. One night, he was watching TV with his mother and sister, and there was a report about the Bitsevsky Park killer. His sister exclaimed, The madman, he's so fascinating. Who is he? Why? He's so fascinating. The sister's got yeah, a red flag, too. And Pachushkin <laughs> had to fight very hard. He was practically bursting not to tell her he was. Uh, she was sitting right next to the killer. After Zakharachenko, the conflict inside the maniac began to seethe and overflow. Now he killed recklessly. He no longer pushed his victims down the well. He left bodies in the snow, the mud tucked between the trees. The worst, says Natasha Fiatasova, was the corpse they found on the side of a stream. The victim had been killed at least two days earlier and some wild dogs had found him first. There was a doctor walking uh, his dog and he saw one of the wild dogs with a bone in his mouth. The doctor knew immediately Ooh. that the bone was human. That's a grim morning dog walk by That's the doctor. super grim. That's rough. Beginning with Zakharachenko and continuing into early 2006, the people on Kursonskaya and up and down the icy boulevards began to grasp the threads connecting the people who had vanished. That was when the terror began rippling through the apartment blocks and metro stations that hugged the park, which is now a haunted place. Children were forbidden to go into the woods. Yeah, Good. Everyone People should. talked about hearing shouts and cries echoing through the trees. That was when the moniker uh, Bitsevsky Park Maniac entered the local lexicon, and then the national discourse, and then the global airwaves. The internet message boards brimming with anonymous poster, uh, posters waxing cryptic about the invisible monster prowling the wilds of southern Moscow. Pachushkin should have known that the end was near. He must have sensed the civil war inside him was reaching its apex and that soon he would do something stupid and they would find him. Now that corpses were appearing regularly, uh, there were police, some in uniform, some in plain clothes, scouring the park 24 hours a day. They were narrowing their search, talking to everyone, compiling sketches of suspects. But in the very end, it was the maniac's decision to get caught. All the victim's family members, the prosecutors, almost everyone with any connection to the case, say 
Supernenko and his team did a superb job, but it was Pachushkin who delivered Pachushkin to the police. He had gone on a walk with Marina Moskalieva, another co-worker. She told him that she left a note for her son saying she was with Sasha Pachushkin. He kept saying to himself that oh. he shouldn't kill her because they know it was him, but he wanted to kill her. So she had to die. A few hours later, when uh, she did not come home and her son was watching TV and saw that they'd found a woman's body in the park, he called his father, who then called the police. We yes. had the note, Supernenko said, and we had video footage of Pachushkin and this woman getting on the metro and getting off at Konkovo. So we naturally suspected Pachushkin. It's worth pointing out that the maniac, so proud of never lying, lied about killing Marina. There had been other lies, of course. Countless tiny deceptions meant to lure his victims into the park, but no one had ever asked him point blank if he had killed anyone. I like how, like, they're trying to make it seem like he's this, uh... Like, why are we trying Real to... Real honest Abe, <laughs> reason, this guy. What, yeah, like, yeah, why do we give a shit? Pachushkin, after all, was supposed to be talking, taking a stroll with his mother, but when he, uh... He reached him, the maniac said, I haven't seen her in two months, which was a strange thing to say about a woman he worked with every day. He lied knowing everyone would know he was lying. Then he said he was busy and hung up. Two nights later... Does he get? Does he go to jail forever? Please say he goes to we're jail getting, forever. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> two nights later, on July 16, 2006, close to midnight, everyone at 2 Kursonskaya, last time I'm saying that, I swear, was about to go to sleep <laughs> when someone knocked at the door. This was a strange, uh, this was strange. Usually you had to hit the buzzer to get into the building. Petrushkin says uh, she opened the door very slowly. And when she did, a column of men in uniform pushed through the narrow corridor, crammed with jackets and old boss, whatever that means, and into the little BOS and into the little bedroom living room where Alexander Petrushkin was about to turn in for the night. In less than a minute, the apartment was flooded with armed riot police. Boots, automatic rifles, handcuffs. Hey. Uh, after Pachushkin was escorted from the building, he did not resist. Uh, they gave some documents stating exactly what he was being accused of. After that, uh, his sister said she had a hard time saying anything. She couldn't move. She couldn't focus. They stayed all night. The cops, detectives, forensics experts, turning her home upside down, looking for things that might send her son to prison forever. Good. On October 24, 2007, Alexander Petrushkin was found guilty of murdering 48 people. Throughout the trial, Good. he insisted that he'd actually taken 63 lives, but authorities right, could muster evidence to prosecute him for only four dozen. Only four dozen. He was sentenced to life in prison. Because uh, Russia apparently doesn't have the death penalty, which is shocking to me. Which is crazy. Yeah, that seems like that would be their, like, if there was one place that would be like, they definitely have it, it would be Russia. Yeah. A week after his conviction, Pachushkin attorneys filed an appeal requesting a more lenient sentence. The judges will hand down their final decision. Uh, after. Dude, I can't imagine being an attorney being like, hey, can we just make this a little not as bad? I mean... He only killed 40-something people. Well, either, either right. way, the judge's sentence stands, and Petrushkin will never go free. Uh, soon Good. he'll be moved from uh, his jail in Moscow um, to a maximum security prison, probably in the north or maybe in the Ural Mountains. Uh-oh. He'll spend the taken f- by some murder wind. Where he'll spend the, uh, the first 15 years of his sentence in solitary confinement. Imagine what kind of whack job he's going to be after coming out of that. 
Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, I'm glad that he's caught. I, I just, I don't know. And I mean, I feel like if he killed 40 some odd people, they should just, you should just, I assume just, just vanish. He's still there. He's still alive today. There. I mean, it sounds like it. Yeah. It looks like he's 47 and he's probably going to rot in that cell forever. Good. 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 Wonderful. Spooktober. (laughs) That's it, everybody. Thanks again to Grace for the listener suggestion. Thanks to GQ for so a wildly he, wordy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who murdered more Scones' pronunciations or this guy. Hey, hey, baby. <laughs> so I thanks GQ. Weird article, but uh, that's horrible. That shouldn't have taken so long. I don't think. What finding to find the guy? <laughs> yeah. But that's again just goes to show you how certain communities yeah. like police just don't give a fuck, right? Uh, Which I'm I sure is that's true like, everywhere. That's, yeah, <laughs> it's a very Russia. real Mike Myers situation. Yeah, yeah, like the person yeah. being like, "No, really, there's a killer," and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay." They're like, "Yeah, okay, tough guy." Okay, Babushka say so, and they're like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, that's all like, they oh, talk shit. about. <laughs> all they they gossip about it all the time." Um, I'm glad he's gone forever. What a horrible human being. Uh, thanks, Grace. <laughs> was it Grace? It was Grace, right? Yeah. Yeah, because she'd been dead for 40 years. Um, <laughs> shout out to you for the suggestion. Thanks for listening to that, guys, that horrible human being. Uh, if you have more listener suggestions, guys, keep sending them to us in our DMs on Twitter, Pod on Instagram, Monday Morning Macabre, or check out mondaymorningmacabre.com for Patreon for exclusive bonus content and merch and all that good stuff. Um, I don't want that guy to, I don't like knowing that he's still hanging out, TBH. TBH. Yeah, Russia, like, maybe just make an exception? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right, just like one dude, you know? Just like, Uh, oopsie whoopsie in a cell? (laughs) Um, yeah, that's it. Check out Delivery Podcast, check out more of our podcast, anywhere you get podcasts, and, uh, Welcome to October, gang. <laughs> this is it, the big time. This is it. This is a big October time. And get Keep, ready. Uh, oh, yeah, and send out. Get ready for the best uh, ofs. Yeah, exactly. Send out best of stuff, favorite episodes. Start sending in those, and we'll get them tallied and set up the best of episode for this year. <sighs> and uh, It's going to be great. Beyond that, have a good Monday. Boy. Boy.